Thanks for tuning in to Drunk Dialing. This is my conversation with Lisa C. Note, we had a little trouble with the technology on this one, so I had to record it over my Mac, so the sound quality may not be as good as the other ones. But enjoy! Thanks for tuning in to Drunk Dialing. Uh, we've got an interesting situation tonight. I didn't get the phone to work normally. I... I am struggling with my my phone, but I have Lisa, and Lisa has been a great sport because I had to call her like a dozen times in order to get anything going, and so now I'm actually calling her on my PC, but I don't know a whole lot about Lisa, so I'm very interested to hear your story. So Lisa, go ahead and tell us your story. Yeah, thanks, Corey. My name is Lisa. I'm an alcoholic, and... um. I grew up on a uh, small family farm down in southeast Iowa. Um, as a kid, I uh, was raised by a, a strong Catholic family, um, raised on a farm. Um, my family uh, was not, uh, none of them were what I would, con- would call alcoholics, but my father was definitely a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And he expected... Um, I'm the oldest of four kids, and he expected us to work just like he did. Um, he was, we were raised very strict. Um, we weren't allowed um, to socialize much. We went to school, you know, got up in the morning, we did chores, we went to school, we participated in our sport activities, and then when we got home, we were expected to help mom with dinner. Um, do chores again, and then we did studies when we went to bed. Um, we, um, when we, things weren't done the way he wanted to, um, he was a yeller and a screamer mm. and grew up, uh, whenever we did things wrong, was constantly being uh, screamed and yelled at, um, which gave me lots and lots and lots of anxiety. Sure. And not only was I yelled and screamed at, um, by my father, uh, when I played sports, I was yelled and screamed at by my coaches, mm-hmm. um, being six foot one as a woman, um, I, you know, played basketball and the expectation was that I was going, um, to further my career in college, um, which I ended up doing. Sure. Um, I did drink a little bit while I was in high school, nothing that would be, um, of concern. I went to college and on a full ride basketball scholarship, um, at Iowa state, okay. um, continued to excel in, um, my sports there at Iowa state. Um, we, that's where my partying and my drinking really started to pick up. Sure. Um, I wasn't studying or I wasn't playing basketball. We were partying. Sure. Um, and we were drinking, um, you know, till we passed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of pressure, uh, for me to do well. Um, I think just, uh, the anxiety that I had developed over the years of being a child carried with me, um, through college. And I, uh, you know, in order to calm my nerves or, uh, ease some of the stress, I uh, turned, you know, to my drinking, um, was able to, uh, 
maintain a good grade point, you know, and finish my career off at Iowa State playing ball and um, graduated um, and then uh, moved to Des Moines. Uh, there, I, you know, I got a job um, and continued uh, drinking and partying. I mean, I think every night after work, there was a bunch of us that always got together and went to the bar. And that's just what we did. Sure. We, we went to the bar every night. We partied hard. We got up the next day, went to work. We played hard and we worked hard. And, um, you know, drank, drank excessively. Um, I then met someone um, and then uh, got married. Um, we actually met through mutual friends, but our relationship really was based on going to the bars and drinking. Sure. Um, he was not an alcoholic, but, you know, drank right along with me. Sure. Um, we got married, um, and then we had a couple, two kids. Um, and then my life started kind of changing at that point. I think um, the stress of having a family, uh, the stress of working a full-time job, a very stressful full-time job, and trying to do be a super superwoman sure. um, and everything that I did, because that's how I was raised. You're supposed to do everything, you know, at 110%. And I had set this expectation um, of myself that that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my marriage started slowly um, falling apart after I had the two children. I had an expectation of my husband that um, – he should be helping more at home. He Mm -hmm. should be supporting me more at home. Um, But looking back, I found that I wasn't one that would ask for help. I always wanted to do things on my own and wanted to show the world that, you know, I could do it. Um, And when he did uh, actually offer to help me, I would um, tell him it wasn't good enough or he wasn't doing it my way. And eventually he just, you know, stopped helping um, I didn't drink as much, um, when the kids were little, um, I was too busy trying to raise a family and work. Um, but as the boys got into high school, um, and my marriage was, uh, full of hatred. Um, I had definitely, um, resentment, resentment against my husband mm-hmm. and, um, didn't want to be around him. I did everything I could to not be around him at all. We were kind of just roommates uh, raising two kids and just kind of going along our own paths. Um, My drinking started to pick up because I started to get really lonely and really depressed and um, really just self-isolating. I would do what I needed to do supper, um, you know, get work with homework with the boys, and I would get them, you know, get them settled down, and then I would turn to the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out with, um, you know, drinking some wine. So I'd start off with a bottle of wine um, and have a couple of glasses, which then turned into a bottle. Um, eventually turned into two bottles, you know, every night after work. Right. Um, and that was my drink of choice. Sure. Um, when the wine wasn't doing it, um, I would turn, I turned over to vodka. 
Right. And Vodka then became my uh, best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought I was hiding it from everyone around me because I was self-isolating. I'm, I was like, well, who am I hurting? I'm just hurting my, you know, I'm just hurting myself. So, you know, what does it matter? Sure. Um, but uh, after, you know, little did I know I was, I was physically in my house and physically present, but I wasn't mentally there right. at all. Um, I finally, uh, got the nerve to file for divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, after 20 years of marriage, I mm-hmm. decided I was done. Right. Um, cause our marriage had become to a yelling, screaming match on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. We were fighting constantly and we were, you know, it was, it, was, it wasn't about the bills or it wasn't about the kids. It was about my drinking. Right. And I didn't think I had a problem. I was just like, I'm drinking and you know, why does it matter? And I, uh, filed for divorce, moved out. Um, the boys moved in with me and, um, thought, you know, I would be in a much better place. Um, after the divorce, uh, drinking picked up where I was drinking in the morning before I went to work. I was drinking um, at lunchtime and, you know, sneaking off for lunch and having a drink just so I could get through the day. Yeah. Um, I started missing family gatherings. I didn't show up for Christmas. I didn't show up for Thanksgiving. I always had an excuse because I'd start off in the morning with drinking and they lived two hours away and there was, you know, I couldn't get in a car and, and drive down there. Um, and finally, um, you know, I, I was canceling on my friends and I was canceling on um, gatherings. And uh, because I was at home and I, I, I wanted to drink, I um, finally one day I got up, started drinking, and um, my mom had called and said she was going to stop by. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, what am I going to do now? I thought I was hiding all this and, and playing it cool. Um, and when she opened the door, not only was my mom there, it was my sister, yeah. my sister-in-law, my best friend, um, and my dad. And it was time for an intervention. Um, um, they, you know, sat me down, knew, told me that, you know, I needed help. And that it was time um, to go into treatment. Sure. Um, I had thought about it. I thought, you know, you know, I might have a problem. I was Googling, you know, online and, and looking for the signs and symptoms. And I knew in the back of my head that I had a problem. Right. And I knew that I probably was an alcoholic. Um, but I just wasn't ready to, to surrender. Right. I... Um, you know, uh, that bottle was my best friend. Sure. And that was my only solution. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and I felt I felt comfortable um, in my own skin when I drank. Right. Because obviously when I didn't drink, um, I wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was miserable. Um, I was depressed. I was lonely. And, you know, by drinking, you check out a reality. And, you know, those 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 issues seem to go away at least for the moment. Sure. Um, so I agreed. Um, I went willingly. I went and packed my bags, um, went down to the hospital 
at Iowa Lutheran, and um, at the time, they did not have any openings, so I wasn't, uh, didn't have the physical symptoms enough, you know, that were severe enough to admit me, um, so they sent me home and told me to wait um, for that phone call. Once they had an opening, they'd get me into inpatient care, um, and that took about, oh, I think it took 10 days, so I continued to drink. Sure. Um, I thought, you know, hey, I got I got my last last hurrah. I might as well do this. Right. Um, and did it up. Um, and even the morning I went in, when I got the call the night before, the morning went went in. I had that, you know, I had half a fifth of vodka, um, and went into inpatient treatment. So I did the detox thing for three days, and then they. Um, put me to, into the residential treatment, and I was there for approximately 14 days. Mm. Um, I have never felt um, so uh, loved and accepted huh. as I did when I had went through um, my treatment program. Um, you know, I was scared. I was... Um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I also was so ashamed. I mean, I was, I, I, I had all this guilt, um, that surrounded me. Um, and I didn't know how I would ever, ever, ever come back, um, you know, to my kids and be that mom that they wanted me to be. I, uh, went to my first AA meeting while I was in treatment because um, they held them there at Iowa Lutheran. Um, I, uh, it was the most wonderful um, feeling in the world. Um, you know, I was able to look deep, da- deep into myself um, and really take a look at what brought me there. How did I get here? What caused me to drink the way I did? Um, you know, and as we've learned as alcoholics, we have, um, an allergy, um, to the alcohol. And, you know, I'm like, why didn't I get this sooner? Why, you know, why wasn't I having, why wasn't I drinking to the point, you know, when I was younger, but looking back, I, I probably was, um, you know, you drink till you pass out. Um, and my friends around me weren't drinking near as much as I was. And I always, um, Wanted to be the life of the party. Sure. Um, you know, we, got, we alcoholics, we like attention. So um, anything we can do to get that, um, we end up doing. And um, a lot of it has to do with, I think, looking back, um, you know, I, I, I was in a family um, that I, yes, I had attention, but not the attention I, I yearned for. You know, I wanted someone to be proud of me. I wanted someone to hold me and hug me and tell me they loved me. And my father wasn't the affectionate type. You know, he ruled with a a strong hand. And um, I know that he loved me. Um, He just didn't show it in an affectionate way. Right. And and when I got married, I married someone just like my father. Right. Um, And, you know, the yelling and the screaming and the expectations of what I was supposed to be. Um, not only did I have those of myself, but I also had that from, you know, people who were supposed to love me and care for me. 
and somehow wasn't feeling that void. I um, um, was once in, in treatment, um, and like I said, I went into the AA meeting and was able to really open up, um, dig down deep inside myself, and figure out why, why, why do I have all this anxiety? Why, you know, why am I so fearful? Um, cause a lot of, a lot of what was driving me was fear. Sure. Um, I was always, I was always fearful of change. I was always fearful of screwing up, yeah. um, because of the ramifications that used to happen to me as a child and throughout my, you know, adult life. Um, when I would mess up, I got yelled at, um, or it was never good enough. And, um, drinking always seemed to solve, you know, that, that seemed to calm me down. Mm -hmm. Um, but once I hit that level of depression, um, of feeling lonely and not loved, um, that's when my drinking really took off. Um, but in the, the meanings, um, you know, able to listen to other people's stories, um, being able to share um, my experience um, really, really gave me the hope because um, I thought for a very long time that uh, nobody loved me, nobody mm. cared what I did or what I did to myself. Right. Nobody valued uh, what I brought to them as far as a friendship or as a, as a worker or as a mom. And, um, I started to have those, 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 that, that feeling of hope that, yeah, I actually do mean, I actually do mean something to someone right. and it's important that I live because if I would have continued to drink like I did, um, I would have died. Right. Um, I, you know, luckily was one of those lucky ones that didn't get a DUI I didn't, um, you know, have to rush to the emergency room because of, you know, other illnesses that may have occurred as a result of my drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I drove drunk, I mean, I don't know how many times I drove drunk. Sure. Um, I embarrassed um, my family. Um, I did embarrass my kids. You know, I did things that just were, you know, just unforgivable at times and um this program has really um helped me take a look at how selfish I was because mm-hmm. I didn't think I was selfish I thought I was the most giving person and you know I always looked out for the other 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 human and and did everything I could to make them happy right um but I really was that selfish person because all I did was, you know, think about myself and think about my misery and think about how lonely I was. And by downing that bottle, um, it seemed to take those problems away. And I, uh, it was a big, you know, sub kick in the ass to me because I, I never thought of myself as a selfish person. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so, but it, it is, it's all about selfishness and by looking into myself, um, you know, I, uh, 
immediately after treatment, I went to an AA meeting and um, that was really, really important because when I was in, in treatment, they said, get a sponsor, um, go to meetings and, you know, start working the steps. And so I did that. Um, I can honestly say I wasn't honest with my sponsor. Honesty is obviously is a big issue for us alcoholics. Sure. Um, I, you know, told her that I was doing fine and nothing was, you know, really going on. And four months after I was uh, discharged from hospital, I ended up drinking again. Sure. And then I lied to my sponsor about it. And I continued to drink for quite a long time. Um, but I continued to go to meetings. I still continued to call her. Mm-hmm. I even went to meetings drunk. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, thought I was hiding it. I'm in a room full of alcoholics and I come in with, you know, vodka on my breath. Who the hell right. was I kidding? Right. Um, and but that's what we alcoholics do. And right. so, uh, finally, Decided enough was enough. I didn't want to be in that place anymore. Um, and so I fessed up and told her I had been drinking. And, of course, she's like, yeah, I know. Right. And so, um, you know, got back up on the wagon and started try, started to be honest um, and made it uh, a whole year. So I got my one-year chip. Um, it was hard. It was the hardest year of my life. Sure. Um, because of the different situations I had been in. Um, but life, you know, continues along and you're going to be put in situations that are still going to bring back those feelings of fear and anxiety, all those things that I was experiencing before I, um, you know, had to go through that year without drinking. So I got my one year chip and I said, okay, I did it. And within, oh, I would say within three weeks after that one year chip, I went out and drank again. Really? So yeah. <laughs> any anything that I mean, I mean, I know why alcoholics drink. I mean, basically for any reason. But I mean, does it just? It, I mean, did something come up, or were you just? It just was. I mean, that, that's interesting. What happened? Um, I think when looking back at that, uh, you know, those old feelings of loneliness and um, anxiety crept back up on me. And I wasn't being honest with my sponsor. I wasn't talking to her about it. Huh. I wasn't reaching out to my, you know, my, my, my pigeon sisters. Sure. And I wasn't, I was isolating. Sure. I went back into that old habit of just not asking for help. And, you know, that night, I remember it was the day after Thanksgiving. I had just been with my family the night before and everything went fine. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I want to drink. And I did it. Do you do you, you have know? a do you have a fear of success? Yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I I, yes. do, I do too. Like the the longer that I'm sober, the more I I'm like, man, I just I kind of I I, I feel um the I, I feel the doom kind of lurking around the corner. Yeah, I, I get yeah. it. Yeah, I I I kind of see it. Um, in fact, that was one of my questions. Was like how um like like because. I'm I'm very interested with women in the program, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but like with, uh, with women in the program, like you're kind of you know you're a superwoman, you know you're you're married, you got a good career, um, 
and you got kids, but then on top of it, you were, you were drinking, like you were sabotaging mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. You know, like how, how do you reconcile? Like what, you know, what, where did that, you know, how, how did that happen? I mean, was that, was that inevitable that that was going to happen? You know, I think so. Um, I think that it, like you said, the fear, the fear of success, or, I mean, my sponsor and I had talked about it and I think I was just like checking off the boxes. Um, cause you know, I, I always set these goals and I have different things that I have in mind that I, I need to attain, need to attain. And once I check that box off and I'm like, okay, I got a year, you know, under my belt, but then I'm like, oh shit, now what? Because yeah. now, you know, year in the program is about, it's about me and about, you know, getting, getting my stuff together. And when, after that year, it becomes of how, how can you be of service? How can you reach out to the, the fellow alcoholic? How can, you know, you need to think about maybe sponsorship and, and reaching out to the newcomer. Mm-hmm. And that really scared me. Sure. Um, I was like, I, I'm not ready to do this. I, I, I can't help another <laughs> woman. I can't, right. I can't walk them through the steps or through the book. Um, I'm not, I'm not ready. Cause I, I mean, I have this expectation that I need to be at a certain level of understanding and I didn't feel like I was there. Right. And it scared me. Sure. And so, and once again, I thought, well, if I, if I fail, then someone's going to scream at me. Someone's going to yell at me. Someone's huh. going to love me. And I, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Right. So what, why not just drink and get it over with, start a yep. and get it over with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I get um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably part of it. You know, like I said, I got to the, lo- the feelings came all back, but the other part was, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I was worthy mm. and you know, and I am because now that I do share my story and I do talk to other women, they actually, you know, glean something from it. And when I talk, I don't think anybody's going to, they're going to be like, oh, you know, she wasn't that bad of an alcoholic. I feel like her story really doesn't have that much, um, you know, drama to it. Right. But um, I actually do have women that relate um, sure. and, you know, can take something from it. Um, and that's a great feeling. I mean, that's, that, that makes you feel really, really good. Um, and, you know, and that worthiness comes back, that feeling of worthiness, um, comes back into the picture and, um, you know, I want to help, um, cause I, I like to help people. I, I feel that's something that, um, that does bring me joy, um, and comfort. And so, you know, with this program, it, there's always an opportunity um, to reach out your hand, whether it be of service, you know, at a meeting or talking to a newcomer or, um, being, having a service position, whatnot. Um, or just, I think I've been greeting in the, in the the greeting line before all this went down. And, um, I'm a big hugger. I'm a very affectionate person. I like to hug. Sure. And some people like it. Some people don't, but, um, I get told now that I miss your hugs. So that's, that's, that's a cool feeling. Um, a really, really cool feeling. And so, um, that gives me, uh, that makes me happy. 
So, so tell me what service looks like now, now that, you know, the reason why I started doing this is because like, I, I lose my mind on those zoom meetings. Um, you know, and, uh, and you, you know, like, like you talk about worthiness, like I go to a meetings and I talk to other alcoholics because I want to know that I'm at least not the craziest person in the room, which I don't know if that's the male equivalent of it, but, um, you know, and I totally get what you're saying, you know, like, you know, being able to be in the greeting line or, you know, for me it was, you know, making coffee or setting up chairs, but the, the service is, is huge. You know, I was I, I, tonight, I was a little bit late because, you know, we still have one physical meeting and it's huge just going in and talking to the alcoholic. So what is, what does service look like for you now in this social distancing stuff that we're in? You know, it's really hard. Um, but, uh, Right now, I've been asked to, like, read. So in the Zoom meetings, they start off with the readings. Um, and then I have a women's meeting that I do on Saturdays that um, we read out of the big book. So taking turns, just reading passages out of the big book. Um, calling people and seeing how they're doing. Sure. And then um, just checking in uh, with other alcoholics. Um just being raw as I can be when I'm on the phone. We have a Monday night meeting where I have with my sponsor and my um, pigeon sisters. And we've started that up since um, the pandemic. And it's just given us an opportunity to, you know, to have our close network of gals that we can just sit down and talk about anything. Um, cause not with every, not every Zoom meeting, I, I don't feel that comfortable. Sure. So, um, with this group, you know, I feel safe and, um, we haven't been able to do that. I mean, we have a couple of retreats a year and our retreat this year got canceled. Right. So we didn't have that opportunity to bond over the weekend like we normally do every spring. Um, so just, you know, like I said, reaching out, talking, um, and listening um, about what people's fears are or what they're experiencing. Um, I can, even though I was a, a self isolator um, when I drank, I really, really hate it now. <laughs> I um, I like to be around people. Sure. I um, I like to hug people. I like to have conversations with people, and I want to be able to look you in the eye. Sure. Um, and that's just been a struggle for me. I mean, thank goodness I have my boys that still live at home with me. Um, so I still get that human interaction and, um, it, it think, you know, it's just not the same, um, as being in person. Right. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll be back soon. Um, I think it's going to look different. I think, you know, the social distancing might come into play for a while. Um, but I think, you know, what people used to consider normal, that's going to look totally different right. um, going forward. Um, and I think we just have to be creative and innovative um, in how we, you know, we gather and how we um, meet with one another. Um and I think it's doable. It's just that it may be in smaller groups. It may not be in the large groups that, you know, some of us are accustomed to. 
and some of the larger meanings. Um, I, uh, you know, I read um, a lot now because um, I have more time because I'm not driving into work every day. I've been working from home for, from home for about oh, seven weeks now. Yeah. So I um, don't have that downtime, you know, from driving into work and, and coming home. So I'm able to do a load of laundry, you know, during the day and, and get things done. So I've been able to... Uh, delve more into my books. Sure. Um, I've got a whole library of AA books that, you know, I've either won through a raffle or someone's <laughs> given me. And sure. it's just given me an opportunity to kind of go through the book uh, and, and and get a little bit more, better understanding. I uh, think that uh, other people are, are struggling um, yeah. you know, when I, I get on my meetings, I don't know what you've experienced, but I think other people are, you know, haven't, having struggles. Um, you know, I haven't had a desire to drink at all. Um, I can't imagine trying to do this right now and, and, and still drinking. Um, I, you know, trying to maneuver around, when I can go to the grocery store and, and or go to different grocery stores because that's what I used to do, so people wouldn't think I was a drunk. Um, and trying to navigate that now while in self isolation, um, I think would be horrible. Right. Um, right. So I'm just I really really grateful that I'm not having to to worry about when my next drink would be. Um. I think people. Um, you know, I've turned a lot to prayer and meditation. I know I have found myself doing it more. Um, I wasn't a big meditator um, prior to coming into the program, but I do find that it does help me throughout my day. Um, I start off in the morning um, with my prayers, and I start off with, a, you know, a five or ten minute meditation. And that does seem to help ease my um, anxiety because, oh. it, it, whatever reason, my anxiety is really high, high first thing in the morning because sure. I think it, I think I start thinking about all the things I need to get done, right? Um, and how I need to excel at all those things, and um, it gets me all wound up. So, uh, prayer and meditation and just you know talking to God. Um, really, really helps me throughout my day. Um, I do find that my job is pretty stressful, and I uh, have actually taken on more responsibility during this whole pandemic. Um, I am in management, so I manage people, and I actually uh, took on four additional staff members because of another leader leaving the company. Um, but just figuring out how to... Uh, maneuver and manage work um, with people with an area that I'm not as familiar with. Um, Cause once again, I like to know how to do everything. Sure. Cause I'm kind of, I'm a control freak. And so I've had to learn to let people do their own thing, not hover over them and, you know, and trust that they'll do, do a good job. Um, I, uh, do daily phone calls with them. I reach out to them and just just check in to see how they're doing. But it's just not the same 
um, as meeting people in person. Because like I said, I, I like to t- talk to people. I like to have eye contact with people and, and to sense how they, they're reacting. You know, on the phone, it's really hard to sense how people react um, when you give them a job to do or you talk to them about something that may be uncomfortable. Sure. Um, and we're not allowed to do Zoom through work because it's not always um, the security level, as we have experienced, I think, in other meetings, is not as good as it needs to be. Um, so I can't even dial up someone on Zoom and see them face-to-face. It's all via the phone right now. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. But I, uh, you know, I spend my day working most of the day, um, try to make lunch when I can, um, you know, and at night I, uh, attend some, I attend meetings, not every night, but I'm, I'm getting in at least four meetings during the week. Um, you know, with Zoom, it makes it a lot more accessible sure. um, for us to attend meetings. And, you know, and, and the cool thing about it is you can attend meetings outside of your norm. So you can log into people meetings, uh, you know, across other states, across the country, across the world, um, and listen to other people. Um, and I've done that a couple of times and it's been really, it's been a really cool experience, something that I wouldn't have experienced before. Um, so I have found that the positive of all this is just being able to access other alcoholics, um, in, in a way that we would, would probably wouldn't have done if we had not traveled, you know, to those states or to the world to go into those, into those open meetings. Um, I feel that, um, you know, the organization itself has done a great job in connecting us. I'm so grateful that, um, that we, we have the ability to do our Zoom meetings. We have the ability to still talk. We have the ability to still present um, and just reach out to other people. Um, you know, and I, I feel for the non-alcoholic or the non-addict that doesn't have those resources. Yeah. I think everybody in the world could use a, a resource like AA. No kidding. Um, and, you know, not having that connection with people or that, that sounding board to reach out to someone and talk to um, would be a horrible thing right now. Right. Um, and I'm so forever grateful that we have that um, that resource and the people um, to be able to do that uh, makes my makes 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 my day go my days go much better. Um, and not to say that I don't get restless and irritable, you know, um, from time to time. Um, you know, I think with everybody else, I'm really tired of all this. Um, tired of watching the news. Tired of hearing, you know, the the the, the numbers. Um, and it can be really depressing. Um, so, uh, try to get outside as much as I can. Um, walk in my dog sure. and plant my flowers and, and mow in the yard. Um, I like to be outside and, and connect with nature. So that's another thing that I've been doing, um, to try to get me through, um, you know, this pandemic, um, and I'm getting projects done. You know, I'm getting things done around the house that I probably wouldn't have been able to 
uh, do had I not had this opportunity, I guess we'll call it, um, <laughs> you know, sure. to get those things done. Um, so I feel like I'm a little more productive. Um, I, uh, like the fact that, um, we have the technology to do the things we do. Right. Um, you know, it's awesome that you're doing this blog. I think it's totally, totally cool sure. that you're able to do this and to reach out, um, to alcohol, other alcoholics. Um, not sure what else you want me to talk about, but those are the things that just come to my mind. Well, I, I, I really, um, I, I like your take on our current situation. That's for sure. I, um, I know that I, especially whenever I first started out, I was very depressed, but I, I mean, I, I love being able to talk to other alcoholics and kind of see where they're at. Um, and it, it just kind of, I don't know what it is or something therapeutic about it. Um, and even mm-hmm. the people that listen to the podcast, that's kind of what they get from it. I don't know what it is about listening to other alcoholics talk. I, it's just, it's just weird. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why it is, but they just, for some reason, even just a couple people that have talked to me about it, they just like listening to other alcoholics talk. It's weird. I, I don't know why it is. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have no other questions for you, Lisa. You've been great. And I, I really appreciate you over helping me out with my, my technology issues. I have nothing else to ask you unless there's anything else that you would like to add. No, I just, you know, for the, for the newcomer or uh, if you've been in and out and are thinking about going back out, please stay. Um, the program does work. And if you, you know, if you put in the work mm-hmm. and you're honest, um, and honest with yourself and your sponsor, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a beautiful thing not having to wake up and being hung over mm-hmm. or having the shakes and wanting to reach for that drink. Um, you'll feel so much better. You'll feel a sense of relief. And, um, you know, you may have that spiritual awakening. Um, I know that I'm closer to God more now than I ever have been. And it doesn't have to be God. It can be whoever you want it to be. But, you know, as we say, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And that is so, so true. Um, so thanks for giving me the opportunity to tell my story and I hope you have a good night. Thanks Lisa. I really appreciate it. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.